Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hey, everybody, the Rick Barry Show here. Yes, that's right. I have my cohort in crime, the surf man himself, Cyrus Satchis. And boy, there's a lot of stuff going on now, Cyrus. I, this has to be a reporter's nirvana to have this <laughs> Kevin Grant thing hanging out there because now you have the freedom to talk about all the bullshit in the world. You can say whatever you want to say. Well, I heard this from him, and I heard this from him, and boy, this would be a great trade, and I think they should do this. And I mean, who really gives a rat's butt because what's going to happen is going to happen. When it happens, then you can discuss it. And now you can actually make an evaluation, determination, and give your opinion about what you think of it. But what anybody thinks about what might happen, this might happen, this might happen. That's such a waste of time and energy. I, I'm serious. When you get older, you realize that. You don't waste time on bullshit, okay? <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Rick. For the basketball junkie, and for for people who are, who are watching or listening, you can subscribe to Rick Barry on all social media platforms at Rick24Barry. You can follow me, Cyrus Sots, as a dog surf road show. Rick, there's nothing else going on in the NBA. Could it be just be boredom, you think? Or people I, like, I, I don't yeah. know. No, I, I think it is, and there's other stuff going <laughs> on. Hey, when I was just doing my, my radio show back, you know, you were my producer. We used to hope that stuff like this would come up. You would pray yeah. that something happened the night before, <laughs> that you'd have something to talk about and have people wanting to call in. The worst thing that can happen is for nothing to be going on because now you have to yes, be sir. creative. You have to really come up with some interesting things to talk about, but you always need to come up with things to get people's opinion. And this yep. obviously is a great way to get that because everybody has an opinion about the KD situation, where he should go, what he should do. And I'm sticking to my thing here. You know what? You signed a contract. I have four more years of your services owed to me. Okay. Get in shape, show up at training camp. And let's go. Kyrie's going to be here. You wanted to play with him. He's here now. Let's try and put some other people around. Let's see if we can get Ben back serviceable for us. And let's see what we can do something with this team for this season. And screw all of this other stuff. I mean, first of all, you're not going to get something comparable to Kevin Durant coming back to you. Okay. Let's just be realistic about this. You may be able to get some other extra draft picks and then hope that you're smart enough to be able to pick players who might turn into the next Kevin Durant. Chances right. of that happening, pretty slim. There's not a whole lot of Kevin Durants around. And based upon the track history of most teams, it'll never happen, okay? <laughs> so because some of the decisions that these teams make on players and all, I'm just dumbfounded by it. I really and truly am. To give out and guarantee multi-millions of dollars to someone that you hope is going to become a good player, Correct. I, I just don't understand the rationale behind that from a, just from a business standpoint alone. So – Anyway, it is what it is. Like you say, you got to play the cards that you're dealt. Um, and and that this talk, let me ask you this, Rick. Because I'm, I'm gonna throw this out. I get this out of the okay. way quick. No, go, go. The Warriors please. would be out of their freaking mind to trade for Kevin Durant to get him back. The Warriors are they just won the NBA championship. They have a fistful of young, 
exciting young talent that could keep this team relevant for many years to come with still having their core three guys who started it all 40 years after we did it from 75 to win that first championship. What the hell do you want to mess with that for? That's fair. Well, can, can, can I give you the rebuttals? Because there's <clears throat> there's a lot of complexities to this. And as I give you more facts, I would love to get your feedback. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Joel Lacob said a week or two ago, he was on a podcast, and he said that uh, that um, they were not going to be giving two max contracts on top of the big contracts they already have given out to Steph, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, meaning Andrew Wiggins in a year and Jordan Poole technically now, but certainly in a year, are both going to be eligible for max deals. All indications are Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele, Jordan Poole wants the max deal. So if you're if you're Joe Lacob and you're thinking, okay, I'm not going to give five big contracts, but if I trade both Wiggins and Poole and get Kevin Durant back, now I'm only going to be dealing with four max contracts. Does that make a little more sense in terms of why this is a, a probable or, or plausible scenario, or do you still reject all notion of this? It doesn't make it plausible for me. Why to try to win now? I mean, there's no guarantees. I mean, Kevin's getting older. He's had you know serious major injuries. Heaven only knows whether he's going to stay healthy or not. You're giving up if you had to get what you have to give up to get him. Yeah, I mean, if Kevin doesn't come through, I mean, yeah, maybe you can win another title, maybe two, but you may be able to do that right now with the young people you have and adding some new people to the occasion to the sure. equation. And then you can deal with the situation, uh, you know, as it develops. I mean, here's the thing. Why do you want to give out max contracts if a guy isn't deserving of it? I mean, I love what Jordan Poole is starting to turn into, but is he deserving of a max contract? You know, I mean, and I love him. I mean, I'd love, there's things that could help make him into a hell of a player and he could be there for the Warriors, wind up getting a max, be there forever, have a chance to stay with the team that could win on multiple for multiple years. Um, But I don't think he's at the max level as far as a player right now. Yes. He's developed into a hell of a basketball player, but he still has a ways to go. So go out, prove it, get it done. And then you'll get to a situation where maybe you could do it. And then two years down the road, and maybe at a situation where maybe the Warriors will let one of those guys that has a max contract, if somebody wants to take him on for a year or so, whatever, if your other guys have developed and you still keep yourself relevant with young talent, that you can do what the Lakers did in the 80s with Jerry West there and the people they brought in. You could do what Popovich and, and R.C. Buford did down in San Antonio by bringing in the right people in the mix to keep the team relevant for an extended period of time. That's what you like to see. As a fan, I think that's what you would want. I mean, we've already won, you know, four championships in the last eight years. So let's not get super greedy, though it easily could have been six. We all know that. Um, and so let's keep ourselves up there. Let's keep our franchise as one of the ultimate franchises. Keep it where a really good another guy from another team might be willing to come over and play. And you could pick up some other people. As I told you before, the success in team sports, who do you trade for? Who do you draft? Who do you get in free agency? It's about the players. 
Okay, Correct. taking nothing away from Steve Kerr, what he's accomplished and what any other coach has accomplished. He's not winning without talent. Okay, sure. I, unless awesome. it's God coming down and sending Jesus Christ back again to prove, you know, have some miracles. We're not getting a team that sucks personnel wise to win championships. Okay, it's not <laughs> happening. Jesus, Jesus Christ can hit the curveball and he can hit three pointers. I, I have no disagreement with you there. Um, but, but realistically, though, so Jordan, let's say Jordan Poole asks for the max. What if he's like, I want the max or I'm gone? Uh, is Wig is at that point? Let's let's say that's the scenario that the Warriors are dealing with here. That they don't want to give him a max, but that's what he wants. And so you're risking losing Jordan Poole, uh, but then you're going to be giving Wiggins the full deal. So I guess yeah, we're saying is, something. Listen, but you can get something for him. Right. So you mean in a trade? Well, I'm saying if, if he wants the max one to time up and he's going to become a restricted free agent or something, but that if he's going to become a total free agent that year and he says, look, I'm not playing unless I get the max. And you try to talk to him, try to get, look, here's the reasons why we could be relevant, blah, blah, blah. You play, you do another year and everything. You'll be eligible to have the max. Some of our other guys are going to be gone. They won't be, and you'll be you know, a guy on a great team for a long period of time and see if you can put some, you know, some, realization into the, the the situation that exists at that time if he's not going to go for it well then okay at that time you know so you do you get a deal you make a deal but you're going to get something for him i mean if he wants a max contract and somebody's out there willing to give it to him they're going to have to give you something so if you get a whole bunch of new draft picks maybe some other good players to add to your roster that are quality players that you know what they're going to be not a rookie who you don't know what the hell is going to happen you know that's that's what being a gm and that's what putting a team together is all about but so, so Rick, let me ask you this. Let's say KD back would be foolish. That's fair. That's fair. But let's say for the sake of argument that um, the Warriors don't have to give up Kaminga or Moody, who, in my opinion, are the two prizes of this young core. And, and obviously, you know, if you disagree with me, say so. Uh, but let's say it's just Poole, Wiggins, and Wiseman, and maybe a couple first-round picks. You still wouldn't do that just for Durant? Poole, Wiggins, and Wiseman. You're just giving away all the young freaking people that can help make you a success <laughs> if it's just them. Come on. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's fair. That's it's fair. Insane. That's fair. You can get <laughs> All right. Guys, so it's three guys that could be a part of future championship teams for the Warriors. Pool, that's true. Wiggins, Wiseman. I mean, come on. And then you then you throw your other two guys, throw Kaminga and throw Moody into the equation. It's I mean, come on. Look at look that's at what true. you have. Look at the talent. These are guys other than Wiseman, who hasn't had a chance to prove much, but has shown great promise at all. Other than him, all those guys have now finally shown because Wiggins came of age this past season. I mean, mm -hmm. Wiggins all of a sudden showed why somebody thought he was going to be worth a number one pick and, you know, one of the lottery guys. And, and But some guys, it takes a while to get there. Other guys, the majority of them don't ever get there, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, have God, you been dude. watching Summer League at all? Has that uh, piqued your interest? I, I watched a little bit of the Warriors stuff to see what they were doing, and they obviously, as a team, didn't do very well. Um, and Wiggins, I mean, uh, Wiseman at times, you know, showed some nice things. <sighs> yeah. Kaminga's got a lot. He's got a lot. He, he, well, I could help him. Um, yeah, he tries he to could. do a little bit too much. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he just needs to be, he just needs to be guided in the right direction because he, he has so much potential and, and so much of an upside. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I, they, so you I, like him. Okay. I, I, I love Moody. I like Moody is to me is actually impressed the most. I don't know if you've. Oh, no. I, I, as I said, when they were losing Peyton, I said, hey, they have a bigger, better shooter in Moody with a sure. bigger upside offensively. Well, I, I, did that bother you that they lost Gary Payton the second? Because it crushed me. I, I love that guy. Well, like, no, I'd love to have seen him stay on the team. I think he was a valuable addition and very, 
instrumental in helping the team achieve what they achieved and winning the championship. But, you know, to have to pay that kind of money and do that. I mean, I don't know if it was worth doing that. I mean, you had to make mm-hmm. a choice between he and he and, and, and Moody. Well, you got a younger guy who has, I think, a bigger upside. Yeah. Yeah, much bit bold. Well, yeah, and he's younger. He's only 20 years old. How's the big three going for you, by the way, Rick? I, I love I'm actually getting I, I never had my whole team together. Leandro Barbosa just got hurt in our last game. We were oh we were, playing, we were playing the team that was tied for first place, the aliens with the foreign players on it. And the game was like right at 31-31. And I mean, we were right there with them in the second half. You know, we we're up 26-25 at the half. And uh, it was anyway, it was very disappointing, you know, because we lost oh. him without Leandro playing and playing at his best. It was difficult. It's difficult for us to have a chance to be able to win, and so we wound up losing that game and have to replace what is him. The so it's it's not good in that regard. So, but it's still What's kind of fun. I mean, I just hate losing. That's the thing. I hate losing. But the last time I checked, no coach has made a shot. No coach has made a good pass for an assist. No coach has gotten a rebound or blocked a shot. The players still have to get the job done. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. And in, in three x three, you have to be able to shoot the ball and you have to make three point shots. Otherwise, you aren't winning. It's that's it's really that simple. There was a great clip of you out there where I, you did this underhanded shot while you were during a, a practice session, I'm guessing. And uh, well, yeah, I was I don't from four-point range. That was from four-point range. So that was that was a deep shot. That's what I thought. And it, yeah, it, it hit nothing but net. And I loved your swagger after hitting it. Like, there was it was no big deal. Well, um, it took me what a few Bar- times to be able to make it. I didn't make it on my first try. <laughs> what, is, uh, what is Barbosa's injury? Is he okay? I, I, I Well, hopefully he's going to be okay. But he did something right below his calf and – I don't. We don't think it's an Achilles. Uh, maybe okay. might have might have tweaked and pulled a, a few fibers of muscle, or then Oof. he said he thought he got hit. But then again, when something happens at a tear, sometimes it feels like you got hit. Yes. But it's actually, you know, but it's not Achilles. Um, so he's he'll be out for next weekend, and we're looking to get you know a replacement for him for that next weekend. But he's such a great guy, and and he was back, you know, you know, playing well, and we were right there in the game with the number one team again, and. And then when we lost him, uh, it's tough. It's tough when you're losing a guy that's averaging 17 points a game for you in a game to 50. Well, well, that <laughs> that that play where he hit the game winner that was all over social media. That blew up. But uh, wait a second, you have there's a team in the Big Three that's com- the comprised of foreign players, and they're called the three Aliens. guys, three foreign guys, and Deshaun Stevens, and he's okay. really a good player. My gosh, I had no he idea was about a great him. Player too. Yeah, he, I mean, no, I'm NBA. telling you, this guy. I mean. He's really good. He's got a 7'3 wingspan. He blocks shots. He gets on the boards. He's athletic. He's active as heck. He can shoot the three-point shot. He hardly ever misses inside. He's shooting like – I mean, he's a really, really good player for them, and he hurt us big time in that game. I love him. I mean, I, I wish he would come and go play on my son's 3x3 team or and play in the World Tour or something, depending on what he winds up doing. But, man, he's a nice player. Very nice That's player. Amazing. Yeah, and then Dusan <laughs> Bullet and uh, Los Manos, who was a gold medal winner and – you know, both of those guys playing from overseas in, uh, you know, Serbia and, uh, you know, Latvia and some of the other countries over there. And then Dusan brought in one of the big guys for him to play, who's another nice player. I mean, but, you know, that just shows you. you know, these guys have the experience. They're older. They've played 3x3 overseas. And it's much more difficult and harder to play 3x3 FIBA rules than into these rules because you take the ball out of bounds. The other area, you got to get the rebound. You got to go. You're constantly moving. But they understand it's pass, move, cut. It's it's a it's a little bit of a different game, and they do a nice job of creating opportunities for themselves. And uh, you know, right now that team's in, you know tied for first place. 
Uh, shifting gears back to the Warriors rig, because obviously everyone loves your opinions and expertise. Is this well, Warriors bench? Everybody loves them. No, most people don't respect like it. They should respect because, it. Anybody intelligent. I, yeah, my perspective, because a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. Okay. And so I, it's nothing <laughs> yes. but the truth coming out of me. Okay. Nothing but the truth, you know. And we can put our little famous Jack Nicholson little. You know, oh, I'm pulling that up right now. Yeah, I'm pull pulling that up, up right, right now. now. We understand this. <laughs> but real quick. No, you're right. A lot of people cannot handle the truth. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But, but the truth I'm curious to hear from you is, given you know you're a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest ever. You know this game as well, if not better than anybody. Uh, is this young core? The Warriors basically decided, at least at the moment, the way they're presently constructed, to just abandon literally all of their veterans on the bench, and their their depth is going to be their young core: Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga. They added uh, DiVincenzo. I, I'm going to get have a guest on my other show to to who covers the Bucks to break him down because I'm not super familiar with him yet. But and and then you got other young pieces, and that's your bench. Are you happy with that? Is that something you can win a championship with? Well, I would I'm, I'm I would be concerned a little bit about that. Yes, because you don't win without your bench. Okay, your first five guys and your and, and maybe the first two coming off the bench are critical for you, but you still have to have some depth. Your bench has to do a good job. That was one of the successes for the Warriors in the championship runs that they had. Remember the biggest thing when they lost a bunch of guys after they won a couple of titles and, and we talked about it and I said, well, you know, it's all going to come down to, you know, who do they have on the bench? How is the bench going to play? Because when they first won in those first couple of uh, championships they had, the mm -hmm. bench did such a great job. A lot of times the stars weren't doing well. The bench would come in and get the lead back, you know, Agreed. And, yes. or if nothing else and nothing is just keep them right there. You know, not to come in and the other team runs off 10, 12, 15 points against you. You have to be able to maintain some semblance of, of play to keep the lead that there is, or to not fall further behind if you are behind and ideally to cut into a deficit sometimes when they come into the game. So that's always been a critical element. And I yes, if they stay without picking up a veteran player to come off that bench who's been around and knows what it takes, I would have some concern as to how well that's going to play out for them. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm I agree. And, um, you know, in fact, I'll put real quick, first of all, the clip that uh, you talk about, because you're right. People just cannot handle the truth. I don't know if that's a flaw in human nature. Well, let's um, so people know this comes from a few good men and it's Tom Cruise courtroom scene with Jack Nicholson on the stand. Absolutely. Answers. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. No one can handle the truth, Rick. There you go. <laughs> that's such. A, I mean, I just, I, I've always, I've always loved that scene. It's because, because it, it hit home to me all the time. Because I, I believe I am. In fact, you know, my wife even said, "I'm she's honey, the most honest person I've ever met in my life." But you're brutally honest, and so maybe she's got to try to take the brutality out of it. But you have to be honest. My dad always told me you need to be honest. You, you can't be lying to people and doing stuff. Be honest. Agreed. And 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 the sad part is, as I've mentioned so many times, people ask questions and then. They expect a certain answer, and if you don't give them that answer that they want, they get mad at you. I mean, you don't have to get mad at me. You don't have to agree with me, but don't get mad at me. Yep. Yeah, people are sensitive. There's just a lot of sensitivity in this world. I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, so I'm going to – you know, there's some free agents out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some names. Like, what do you think about Carmelo Anthony to the Warriors? Because I agree. I think the Warriors need to add some veterans. I'll give you some Too names old. that are still available. What are your thoughts on Melo? Too old. Too old. Wow. Okay. All right. So – well, too old. Well, what the thing is, is that although 
I will say he did change his game somewhat, but he wasn't, you know, the pass move cut kind of guy that plays the warrior kind of basketball. I mean, that was not necessarily his game. In fact, his, the biggest criticism for him in the majority of his career was what? He didn't make other players better. True yeah, that's true. Right? That is the criticism. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's um, the same situation. That's why I said when KD first came here, I said KD's going to become a better basketball player getting to play for this team because they're playing the game the right way. He's going to get more easy shots than he's ever had before, which happened. Right? He became a better player. He became a facilitator. I mean, KD became a better player. Those two years that he played for the Golden State Warriors, without question, those three years. I mean, Agreed. without question. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So what, the, what, do you th- what are you thinking about Iguodala? I mean, the team apparently is just giving him leeway to take his time deciding whether he's going to retire or come back. Um, I don't know if it's – I mean, he looked like his body was breaking down. Would you bring him back another year? I mean, as, as a Udonis Haslam-type role, uh, your thoughts on Iggy? Yeah, well, I didn't get to see him, obviously, enough to know exactly what kind of condition he's in and all, and certainly how much money do you have to pay him. So, I mean, if you took the money that you were going to have to pay him and you can use that to get a younger player with experience who uh, who fits the mold of the type of player that you would want on the Golden State Warrior basketball team, then I have to give that some serious consideration, obviously, just the same way that they made the decision with Peyton. They have a younger version of him who maybe, maybe not as quite now as good a defender, but could possibly become that. But definitely more, much more potential offensively, right? And size yes. wise, yeah, exactly. And he's got size. You're right. The defense has always been a huge concern. You know, Rick, I'm going to I'm going to go back to the free. Cut you off here, I mean, real quick. Yeah, come on, everybody come on. always talks about the guy. What kind of a defensive player he is? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Individual defense doesn't win championships. It's team defense. You're right. I want the player who knows how to play team defense because no great defender is going to be able to shut down because there is no thing as a lockdown defender on a score. Okay. That's the reality of it. Whoever the guy is, as great as he is, he's going to get beaten a bunch of times. And if his team doesn't play good team defense, the other team gets a lot of easy baskets, which you see all the time because a lot of teams aren't very good team defensive wise. And so it's not a factor. And everybody always brings that up. Well, he's not a very good defender and stuff. Hey, I think, first of all, I consider myself a decent defender, but I was a really good team defender because I understood the game. I understood how right. to play, play passing angles, be in health position. And I could do that. And so everybody always talks about, you know, his individual defense. His individual defense is bullshit because he may, if he's a great individual defender and not a good team defender, I don't want him. Because I echo, I echo those sentiments exactly with people. But So let me ask you this. Do you think Carmelo, a player like Carmelo Anthony, who's not known for good defense, and that's just an example, could you teach him? to uh, buy into the team system and be a good defender as a result of that? Or is there is there is hope lost on a player like him? Well, he's a lot older. He's not going to be as quick and as fast. His reaction time isn't going to be the same at his age. I mean, gotcha. that's just the reality of it. I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to knock him down. I always liked him. In fact, I thought he was one of yeah, the few players who actually faced up and used his first dribble as a productive dribble. He didn't do everything off the damn dribble all the time. So I always admire Correct. that, Carmelo. So not taking anything away from him. But no, for this team, no. I don't think he's a good fit for this team. Not the way, yeah, the, fair team, enough. Not the, way the team plays when they play their best. Fair enough. So I'm going to give you a few other names out there. Uh, what about – are you familiar with Markeith Morris? He's one of the Morris twins. He got hit in the back by Nikola Jokic last year. I don't know if you remember that in-game scuffle that ended a season. It was crazy. It was not talked about that much. Uh, he's a free agent. He's reportedly healthy and ready. He's going to be 33 or he is 33. Uh, any interest in a player like him gives you size, can shoot the three. Yeah. Well, again, this is where the Warriors have to make the decision. I personally feel they should get a, a one or two veteran guys to come in. That's what the Spurs did all the time. 
Look at what the Spurs did during the time when it seemed like True. they couldn't win back to back, but it's like every other year they were winning a championship for a while. What did they tip? They kept bringing in guys who were veteran players. They knew what they were going to be able to get. Hey, my son was one of them. Brent, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and they brought him in and he fit in beautifully with them, just like they did with so many other players who came in and fit in beautifully with them. And this is what the, I think the Warriors need to take a serious look at. So it's just a matter of how costly is it going to be? You know, is this a player who will play our style or our brand of basketball? Play it well. If not, then you don't need them. I mean, so it's an evaluation of the skills and talents of the abilities of those players that you're mentioning as to what they can do, really evaluate it closely, and then look at it from a financial standpoint. What do we have to pay to be able to get him? But I think without having some veteran people on your bench, well, the Warriors have not, the Warriors haven't really won this year. They got some guys that came through, but I mean, they still had Iggy there who was, you know, helped a little bit. But most of the time when they've won, their bench was always a factor. And they have great guys. You know, I saw at the parade, Sean was there. Livingston was at the, you know, he was so good for yeah. the Warriors on coming off the bench, you know, and they even had, they even had David Lee early when, who was willing to take a yes. and, and, and Iggy who were willing to go and come off the freaking bench guys who were all-star players and starters. Leandro, you're, you're, yeah, Leandro Barbosa, yeah. another guy. I mean, this is the, this is what you need. You need to have that. And right now, if you have a bunch of guys who don't have the experience, well, maybe if they get a chance to play enough, maybe they'll get to the point where they'll come playoff time that they will be uh, an asset for you. I, you know, hard to say, but it's always nice to know what you have. And when you go after a veteran guy, you kind of know what you're getting because you've already been able to see him and evaluate him over a period exactly. of time. And it's not like it's a guess, like just the same thing. Jordan made a great improvement. To think that you're entitled to a max contract because you did what you did, you haven't hardly been in the league. You know, have you played a number of years showing you can play at a super high level that would, I think, make you eligible or be someone deserving of a, of a max contract? I mean, the realism of it is, and this is what you have to be, and I'm sure he's got people telling him about it. And there may be some teams out there who are going to be willing to give him that max contract, probably are, because a lot of those people throw money around like it's, uh, you know, like it's confetti. I mean, it's just insane. It's crazy. You I think you have to show that you are a player that you can rely on, who can perform at that level consistently. Jordan hasn't played enough to show that. How do we know? Do, you know, well, with all expectations, you expect him to be as good or better next year, but is he going to be? Okay. And if he does it again, well, now he has a case where he did better. He got better. He'll probably have a big case, you know, to get a max contract after that if he becomes, if he's going to be eligible. So, well, let me, I have a question for you that very few people can answer, but you're one of them as a former finals MVP, former world champion. Uh, what, how much value does that world championship experience give these young players? Because I feel like that's something that the, that the Warriors brass is counting on is, but the whole postseason experience of being successful to the end, uh, they, I'm guessing they think is going to result in better play. They've said this publicly. That's what, that's what I'm basing this on. Um, and, and so Jordan Poole, Kaminga, uh, Moody, even to a Wiseman who did not actually play, but was with the bench the whole way. How much value did that world championship experience give them and it, was that enough, you think, to make them now have that veteran mindset that they're going to need from their bench? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they played enough. Um, you know, certainly they should have learned something from it, but it's up to each individual. 
I know I learned a lot in my first year when I, I mean, my second year in the league, I was, you know, we went to the finals. I mean, you know, right. so I was a rookie. I didn't have, you know, but I understood the game. Okay. I mean, I had really great knowledge of the game and I was first, first team all pro, which is a little bit different, you know? So, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I did learn that because I play obviously a lot, especially that, that, that year when we lost to that great 76er team, you know, and, you know, scored a lot of points and played with a, you know, I probably today would, they would have never let me play because I had to get shot up to play and they never let me do that today. And I'm just lucky I didn't ruin my whole career. But so the thing is, I learned that you can't get yourself so emotionally involved in it because that sucks energy from you. When sure. you're so hyped and so doing it, you're draining energy from yourself. And so I kind of learned that with my experience there in the second year. And that was very helpful to me. So you have to keep a good balance of what it is from a mental standpoint so that you don't get yourself so worked up that you're going to go and cause yourself to not have the energy that you would normally have. So that's what I learned a lot more of it. And to me, the biggest test is you look at a lot of guys and see stuff and guys have these great years. And then you look at their stats and you see what they did in the regular season and what they did in the playoffs. And a lot of times there's a dramatic difference between the two mm -hmm. because the way that the NBA allows the playoffs to be officiated gives an advantage to the less skilled players. I've said that mm. for decades and decades yep. and decades because the to allow the game to become as physical as they allow it to come without calling the fouls gives an advantage to a guy because it doesn't take talent, skill, and ability to do that, to hold, shove, push, and do all of that crazy stuff. So I understood and realized that I have to be even more focused and I have to elevate my performance and my play in the playoffs because I'm not going to be able to get the things I got in the regular season because the officials aren't going to let it. They're going to let guys do more to me. I'm going to get hit more. I'm going to get banged more. I'm not going to get to the free throw line perhaps as often. And you have to be prepared for that. And um, as I say, I think the, the NBA does a disservice to the players uh, by allowing that to happen. Um, to me, the over-physicality of the game at times is absurd. Um, it, it's too big of an advantage they're given to the other guy to be as physical. And I've never been a, a big fan of it. But I understood it and I responded to it. But... It, it's to me, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, you see how many times you see two guys crash into one another and hit the floor, and the whistle doesn't blow. So yeah, yeah, it's it, it's, it's got to be a block or a charge. I mean, it has to be one or the other. It can't be a no call. I mean, there's just no freaking way it can't it could be a no call when you have that kind <laughs> of collision happening. And and so that's that's my biggest thing. And I made a big rant about it at All Star Weekend this time. I guess some people they picked up on it. I just asked the officials, please call the game according to the rule book, not your interpretation of the rule book, the rule book as it is stated and set in stone. And if you do it during the season that way, you don't change it during the playoffs and right. call it the same way from the start of the game to the end of the game. That's all you ask as a player. But as a player, what you have to learn to do is you must adjust to whatever the official's mind is thinking in that particular game because you don't know he's calling it close, then he's not calling it close. And it drives you, uh, drove me nuts as a player to have to freaking <laughs> deal with that. I mean, seriously, it, it's, you just don't even understand because it's, it's one of the most difficult sports because you've had so much contact and things going on. Uh, it's even more so than soccer, which is kind of opened up because it's in a confined area. But there's just so much holding and pushing and grabbing and shoving that goes on. And and, and, it, and it was actually more physical during the regular season back when I played than it is now. 
The problem is it's so dramatic because they let so they don't they hardly let a lot of that stuff go during the regular season, and then in the playoffs they do. So it's even more dramatic of a change than it was back when I played. Yeah, crazy. That, that was one of the things that drove me crazy is the way officials call the game. And I, I've said it many times. I always used to joke. I said, can I please see the new rule book we're playing by? Yeah, you, you've expressed disdain repeatedly for the, the bad boy Pistons teams as, as being a model of that physical play that does not translate to talent. And then like the borderline thuggery they got away with. Um, I hear you. You're right. I, I, I can't argue with that. It's good logic. Um, okay. do, can I play a can I play a soundbite for you real quick? This is a this is Draymond Green's skills trainer his name is travis walton uh and this attribution i loved it because it talked about draymond uh pre-game six while he was warming up and his sentiments travis so is you know as Dr- uh, this is so this was uh again this is travis walton draymond green's trainer talking about uh the warm-up leading into game six Trav, you know, as Draymond's friend, forget about being his trainer for one second. As Draymond's friend, I saw you out there in Boston uh, when they clinched, and we were all in Boston. They were hard on him in that city. We saw the shirts. We heard the chants. Uh, I'm from Philly, so I know tough fans, but that was even something I was taken aback of. It was it was intense. One, they finally got over that hump and that final buzzer sound. How happy for him were you and just – what was his mindset like and his emotions like after this past championship? Oh, it was incredible. So the best thing was, I'm not sure if you guys seen it, was when he came out for his pregame routine, game six. And I remember him coming out, and we were sitting on the court, and it was uh, me and our other great friend, his barber, Brownie. And we were sitting there. He came through, and I can tell his energy was just vibrant. And I knew that he was going to have a great game. And he was already sending like, yes, yeah, it's, it's over. It's over. <laughs> I watched this. So I think the way that they played, they started the game, he made a floater. It was 2-12. to 12. Um, And I was in the stands, and I was like, ah, this is perfect. Boston came out rolling, and the Warriors just missed a couple shots. They had their run, and it's going to be a splash. So after the game – I could just see from him, like, the accomplishment, like, wow, this is incredible. And I did it in an environment that that he said was one of the toughest environments he ever played in just because of the stuff that was being said. Like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't expect I was going to come out and people were going to have on those type of T-shirts with the F. Draymond and yelling at the family and all the things that the Boston fans were saying. So I think to seal it, on their court, it just meant a lot more. Well, your thoughts on that, if anything? I, I, I was in, I love the video highlights. I mean, that, that series was incredible. But uh, I, I guess, have you, what is the most hostile environment you've played in? Because I've never seen Dre rattle before. I think that was the first time any of us saw Draymond Green rattled a little bit. Um, is Boston the hardest place to play in, in a setting that intense, the NBA Finals? Or is there a harder place? What's your experience, uh, with hostile environments. Well, I mean, I experience stuff like that all the time. You know, people freaking hated me. So <laughs> here's the thing is that people don't boo you if you're not any good. True. True. Okay. So boos to me were like cheers. I fed off of the boos. 
I, I'd I love like that. that because I know that, hey, they're not, they're only booing me because they know I can kick their ass. Yep. <laughs> you know? So it was a good thing in that regard. But yeah, I've been in very hostile environments. I mean, you know, I was someplace, hell, I had police escort and stuff watching, following me around because somebody had a death threat came in. And so, I wait, mean, wait, elaborate on that, please. What, when, yeah, when was that, this? That, that happened in the ABA when I was playing and I left teams and I was going to leave Virginia and all. It was just crazy. I mean, and, and I did. And I've gotten into stuff. You know, fans were crazy. I mean, going off to court, Pam, you know, throwing beer in your face, a thing. And I mean, we've had a lot of crazy incidents that took place over the years. Um, it's probably worse now as far as the fans getting involved because of social media and the coverage that's out right. there. You know, you've got an, right. we didn't have an ESPN and all the stuff weren't there, the top plays, all the other stuff. These guys are like household names now. And, you, you know, everybody's watching everything that you do, not just on the court, but there's a lot of the writers out there looking for all the stuff off the court as well, looking for the sensational right. story. So it's a different world that we live in. And I was just happy to see Draymond get back to being Draymond. Yes. He wasn't Draymond early on. And that's one of the reasons the Warriors didn't close this series out in less than six games. And, you know, he came through when he needed to come through on the road. And see, obviously, he uses that kind of stuff as fuel for the fire that's already inside of him. He's a very emotional guy. I can relate to that. And those are things that that just adds fuel to the fire, gives you even more incentive to want to go out there and kick their butt. And, you know, do nothing worse. The, The greatest thing in the world is to play an arena on the road when the crowd is silent. Silent to crowd. You know, oh. and he was able to try to, to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, and, but that had nothing to do with his trainer talking about. It. I mean, basically, that was Draymond mentally getting himself properly prepared to yes. go out and do what he needed to do to help his team win. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I don't know Draymond all that well, but I'm sure if you were to ask him, what was the difference between your approach to the games early in that series as opposed to late? And I guarantee you he made adjustments. There's no question about it. You can just look by his performance and the way that he played the game. He was just really into the game. He was mentally focused in game number six. And that's the critical element for great players. Great players know how to keep themselves focused for extended periods of time. You see so often it happens the best. Well, it's a lack of focus on the part of various mm-hmm. players. And if you have a couple of guys that don't stay focused and stuff, it screws up the whole chemistry of the team, especially when you play a team style basketball. And that just screws everything up. You have to remain focused. And uh, that's something that can't be taught. It's an individual thing that everybody has to find out what it is that they need to do in order to get themselves in the right frame of mind to play that game. Oh, yeah. Well, you could say that's a huge reason why Draymond Green is a great player because he's figured that part of it out. But dude, let's go back to this death threat for a second. Like, did they call? Like, how did the death threat come, no, come no, in? Was it a call? In because, I mean, uh, you know, it's not as much. Anyway, it was, it was not a big thing. Fortunately, nobody tried it's to It's interesting, though. At the same thing, at the same game, they had a contest. They asked me if I picked the winner to pick out signs, you know, for me coming in there. <laughs> so I had to look at all these signs that the fans brought that I took out. And I did. I went out and I chose the winner. And the one I picked it was a picture of me bending over with my head coming up and sticking it up my butt, my own butt. So I gave that as the winner. So I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> and then some jackass. Calls- you know, you got you got to have fun with it. And but it, what those people don't understand, I'm you know, I was a sleeping dog. Let me lie. That's what I always tell people about the Warriors in general, man. Like people who who achieved and understand what greatness is, like yourself, Stephen Curry. It's like, why would you ever want to poke the bear? And people just keep talking trash to the Warriors. I never understand the why of it. 
arrogance is not only such a turnoff, but it just motivates the other person or team. And I've, I've never understood that aspect of the trash talking game well, that goes within you, you, this. You just, you just used the word that always disturbed me when people always said that I was arrogant. I was not arrogant. I'm an extremely, extremely. I'm not applying that to you. No, 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 no I'm not applying that to you. No, I'm not. I said you used the word about. I'm just saying. Yeah. I've been accused of Rick Barry's really arrogant. <clears throat> I, was well, not, I don't agree with that. I was not. I do not agree with person. that. I was. I am. I am. Still am an extremely, extremely confident individual, and extremely confident people scare the hell out of people who aren't confident. That is and true, they look sir. at you as being arrogant because they that's have true. no self-confidence themselves. And so Great point. that's the problem. I, I honestly believe a really arrogant person doesn't have the great self-confidence because they use that as a mechanism to camouflage the fact that they're scared shitless. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I really, truly believe that. I've watched it over the years, Cyrus. I really believe that arrogant people aren't confident people because if you're confident, there's a difference between the way you handle yourself as opposed to being arrogant. No, I agree, man. It's a coping mechanism to hide your insecurity. I'm full, full heartedly subscribing to what you're telling me. Um, and that's very astute. It's, it's an intelligent thing to say. You know, some people have been giving me some shit lately because I think Clay Thompson still has a tremendous amount of value. But people are diminishing him now. They think the amount of money he makes, he's making over $40 million a year, which is a lot of cash. But I don't think Clay Thompson's done. I think, I think he still has some great things left to do. What are your thoughts on Clay Thompson? Well, for him to come back and have the season that he had after what he'd gone through was pretty remarkable. Um, and if you really analyze it, even when he was healthy, he always had that roller coaster ride. Okay. He was never up here playing at that level consistently because yes. rarely does any player do that. You're going to have your ups and your downs. And Clay was that way. He was a bit streaky, but streaky. But man, when he was on the good streak, there are very few people that can match what he could do when he was on a yeah. hot streak. I mean, when, right. he was going, when he was going, man, he he got it going big time. And the beauty about him is that he understands it and he doesn't let it get him down. I mean, he's liable to go 0 for, zero for 8 and then, you know, like I say, come out the next game, go 8 for 10. I mean, exactly. so, yeah, and he may not be as quick as he was before, but I don't think he became a liability defensively. But then again, it's the individual defense and that people are talking about. Who cares? So exactly. what? So he doesn't make his guy work as hard. Is is he playing team defense? Is the team playing team defense? And I think that was one of the reasons the Warriors got in trouble. They played the start of the season out. Their team defense went a little south. They stopped doing the rotation, stopped playing the type of defense that they played. And then if you have guys all of a sudden struggling with their offense, now you run into difficulty and you start losing some games that you probably shouldn't have lost. So, I, yeah, no, I, I, you know, he deserved to get what he got as far as his contract yes, goes. It's unfortunate that he had to have the injuries, but – Yes, he certainly still has some great value. I mean, listen, you can't leave Clay Thompson alone, okay? No, you so he all of a sudden is keeping one defender pretty busy because if you're <laughs> playing against the Warriors, you're telling the guy guard Clay, don't leave Clay. So how yep. much help can he be in a team defensive situation? That's why if I were setting things up for the Warriors and with Steph, I would always be running action with those guys spotted up outside so that if I knew I could beat my man going right and I got Clay on my right side, that defender's not going to come and help me. And if he does, I'm throwing the ball to a guy who's just lights out three-point shooter. And so I would always run stuff if I were coaching that team to always put him in a situation where I can get and get half a step on my man and never worry about the guy on the right side coming in to stop me. Because if he did, 
I'm just dropping it off to Clay for a wide open spot up jumper. How, what higher percentage do you think he's going to shoot of those? And I, Rick, I saw the last three games of the NBA Finals. I saw the old Clay in terms of defense. He was playing solid D. He did some good uh, defense. And just to get, it, it was, it was, it was. I, I was impressed. I, I, and and then again, 19 points per game in the postseason. That's nothing to sniff. That's nothing to you know just scoff at. And then during the regular Stop season, his first I mean, how game, many guys average? How many guys in their career ever averaged nineteen points a game? Exactly. And in the and regular he, season, he averaged twenty point four points per game in the regular season. Uh, he's still, you know, he's still a solid shoot. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I think I'm looked, I'm excited for what's to come next year. Um, yeah, good for Clay. Uh, anything else? Let's, let's let's give some love to your sponsors. I want to quickly mention our clothing line because that's the only way we're going to make money on the show. <laughs> so, uh, but real quick first, who are you paying your bills, sir? Who is who's endorsing you? Well, I'm doing work for a number of companies, you know, where nobody's actually they're not paying me to do it because I believe in the company, okay, and the success that the company will have, and that's uh, you know, Medisilif, which also is part of as the Aloe MD product is now part of Medisilif. Uh, right. Great products. You can go to uh, you know. You can go to medicileaf.com, M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F.com. Uh, put the code 24 in there. You get a discount on the products. The uh, Aloe MD product is now in there as part of it as we've we've joined forces. Uh, nice. Chris Hardy, it's just amazing what we do with the aloe vera-based product and has some cannabinoids in it. It's it's just been going gangbusters. And then uh, for when I'm, when I'm playing pickleball and doing anything of that nature, one of the really interesting products is a uh, we have sleeves called Go Sleeves, S-L-E-E-V-E-S, GoSleeves.com. Put the RB24 as the code to get a nice discount there. Uh, they have they have kinesio tape built into these sleeves. Uh, I wear it all the time on my knee. In fact, I, I wore it on my left knee because I have no cartilage in there, and it's an arthritic knee, and it felt just so darn good on it that I wear it on my good knee as well because it just gives me nice. a feeling of balance, and it's also good for recovery. Uh, they have We have stuff for the uh, – uh, for your calf that could help also with your Achilles. Uh, we got something for your elbow as well. Uh, they're working on something for the hamstring. I mean, so yeah, a lot of really great products. So just check them out. A lot of good things happening with it. Runners are just swearing by this stuff now doing it, yeah. using it for recovery. Um, so yeah, check those two products out and, you know, see what you got there. And then uh, go GYV.com, G-O-G-Y-V.com. I take this supplement every day. I used to have to take a prescription drug for my knee, Celebrex, and I started taking this product years ago, and I haven't had a Celebrex since. Uh, wow. All natural products. It's really great. A lot of uh, really good for people for energy and everything. So if you go to the sleeve, go GYV.com and just you know just look at the, the video. I, I did it a number of years ago, but some of the You're other here, former yeah. athletes that are there that are raving about it. There you go. There's the picture with a lot of the athletes that are there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a terrific product. Uh, I use it every day. I take pills every morning and every night and uh, uh, just awesome stuff. And just working on a lot of other products, uh, you know, I have another one that I'm doing for the military that we have uh, by Juvia is uh, Life Centers. And, uh, and and we have products there that uh, we're going to do and try to help the military people out and people, if they buy something, we wind up giving one free and try to help some of the guys that are suffering with, you know, PSTD, I mean, you know, post-traumatic mm. stress syndrome, but we're trying to get that disorder. I said PTSD, but we're trying to get that changed because there's a colonel out there trying to get the PTSI foundation, which is injury changed that, you know, a disorder to an injury because it is a very serious issue. And, you know, still we have so many military people who are 
killing themselves. And it's just so tragic and sad. And agreed. Just trying to do a lot of things in a lot of different areas. Uh, my pickleball connections.com. If you're into pickleball, go to pickleball connections that go to you know, my pickleball.com forward slash uh, Rick and check it out. And you can get uh, a free membership into that uh, pickleball zone. We're going to be doing stuff in the world of pickleball. I'm so much into pickleball, fastest growing sport in the United States. I'm just crazy busy. I mean, I could be talking all day about the crazy things that I'm involved in. As my wife calls them, my cockamamie deals, but, uh, <laughs> but but they work. I don't. I try not to get involved with anything that I don't really. I, you know, I will not if I don't truly believe in them. I've had people uh-huh. give me a chance to do stuff, but if I didn't believe in it and really feel that it's something meaningful and worthwhile, whether it's a service or a product, I'm not going to get involved with it. I mean, I just my my I just my reputation means too much to me as far as being an honest person and truthful. I'm not going to do something just to make money. Bravo, sir. I respect that. You have a man of integrity and I want to quickly add as well. Have you gotten your shirts yet that I, that I, uh... I, I was going to let you know, I did get the one, but I mean, you didn't send me a shirt. Well, I'm not, of course, I'm not going to wear, want to wear the one that has my name on it, but uh, the one that my wife fits, the one up above. Yeah. The warriors one, that gold one. She's got, she's got, that'll fit. That one will fit her. And then you've got your surf stuff. I'm going to save that one for, for Canyon. Who's a surfer. You know, okay. Okay. Is it the one with the, the dog surfing right here? Yeah. Your dog surfing one. Yeah. There you go. And, and again, anybody, these are all available. Uh, and again, this, uh, this is how Rick and I are going to make money off this. We don't make money off advertising, but these shirts, I vouch by it. I wear them all the time. I just sent Rick some, is quality meet your standards, sir? I, I I'm, well, I'm it's, happy it's, with it's, quality. It's, it's cotton poly, which is good. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, which works fine for everything. I'm, I'm a huge, uh, um, you know, dry fit kind of guy myself. Cause I perspire and, and I perspire so freaking easily. And so I, I kind of prefer that, but this has got a nice mix of, of cotton and poly. I just checked that out when I got them just to see what it was. It's got a nice feel to it. So, uh, yeah, it's a good quality. It's a good quality product. No question about that. And all you got to do is just go to, uh, our, our Twitter page, which is at Rick Berry house. Uh, we've rebranded this whole program. Um, so it's now called Rick Berry's house shows within and including the Barry show we're doing right now. But if you click on the link at the top of, of the Twitter page, the very first link there is Rick Barry show apparel. Uh, and it just leads you all to the close right there. So um, yeah, go check that well, out. We that may have like, another one that I may come out and we may add to this thing and, okay. and we'll just do it however we want, maybe put 24 in it. But I have a, a new hat that a, a good friend who's very famous, he's designed more uniforms and stuff for pro teams and all just a creative graphic artist and design guy. Uh, we have a hat that's going to be just amazing for being able to, say, especially for hot weather, that will be like a dry fit kind of shirt. Really super, super lightweight, great products and stuff. And so uh, we'll have to talk a little bit about that. Maybe we'll put Sounds the, good. the Let me know. hat on there because I'm, I'm going to do that. Maybe get the thing and maybe put a put you know my number or put something on it or even then just put it on there and just sell it as a blank hat. Just buy the damn thing because, I mean, if you really get outside and you do stuff, you want to stay cool. You want to be able to have that thing dry out. You don't want to have a big old heady, sweaty thing on your head. But this Correct. is some really innovative products, and maybe we'll just uh, we'll give a choice you know, to get something with the logo on it or to just buy the hat itself. But the hat's awesome. I can't wait to, uh, to have some because I'm going to use them when I start playing, you know, when I'm playing pickleball. Good stuff, sir. All right, Rick, it's always a pleasure to see you. Um, and the big three, what is your next game this weekend again? Yeah, we play this weekend, yeah. With all Leandro getting hurt is such a bummer. And uh, It is. But it is. Well, I, my guys compete all the time. And, you know, we were right there with another first-place team. We had knocked Lisa Leslie's team off, you know, prior, a week before that. And uh, had another chance to knock off a team when we were right there with them. And then Leandro got hurt when the game was, oh. in the, you know, in the low 30s playing the 50. And, we just didn't step up and get it done, and the other team played better. I mean, it was this, that. But you, it's hard to lose your leading scorer 
and the guy that does so much for you, and also one of the top assist guys as well. I mean, Leandro is the backbone oh. of our team, and you know, losing. Would, him. Have you have you have you talked to Brent or John about playing for you? Because I'm sure they can no, still step no, in, John, right? John John's not in shape. John wants to play golf, and and I don't think <laughs> an amazing golf. Brent right? does amazing golf. Brent doesn't want to get out there and play, but no, they would be great because they're great three point shooters. Right. In three x three, you have to have shooters and you have to make three point shots, or you're not going to win. And in FIBA, when they do it where Canyon plays, it's a two point shot only, so it's one for a basket, two for the three pointer. Oh. And so it's kind of interesting. Like but, rules, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's a lot different because you have to play misses or makes. You grab the make and you got to go and get it out and go, and it's just go go move 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 move. And that's why the, the the three foreign guys, the alien team with, with Dusan Bullet as the captain and Las Manas and their other guy, that's why they're playing well because they got a great guy to join them. But let me, but Rick, did they, is that intentional that they called the team the aliens or did that just somehow work out? Where they- I don't know. I don't know if they, it just kind of worked out, I guess, but it's appropriate, I guess, right? Because you got, you have three, you have three, three of the, three of the players are foreigners, you know, and so, but guys who have played years and years and years of three X three basketball. In a, in a more difficult format than what this is. And so they're, uh, they're doing quite well um, in, in this, with this format. So it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, to see, you know, it's not like the USA dominates everything all the time, but if we <laughs> all played a lot more three on three and guys understood how to play it the right way, we probably would. Oh, I love it. Rick, it anyway, is all the best to everybody. I uh, hope the summer's going well for you. Boy, I'm going to tell you Dallas. It was 109 degrees down there a couple of times. Oh my God. It gets so hot in Dallas. That's why I was so happy to get back. It was 90 something degrees in Colorado Springs where I spend this, the summers, but it goes down into the sixties at night. I mean, so, yeah, you know, so it's tolerable. So anyway, I got to get out and play some pickleball this week. Cause I'm playing in the pickleball exhibition and thing in, uh, in Dallas area. Uh, on Thursday before I, I'm there for the, uh, the big three this weekend. But oh my god, summer be, Texas! Well, we're going to play. We're not going to start play until like seven o'clock or so at night. So hopefully, maybe there'll only be ninety about then. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, so it's only ninety with humidity, with full hundred <laughs> yeah. percent humidity. And people can follow Rick Barry on all social media platforms at Rick Twenty Four Barry. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Dogs or Approach. On this program on Twitter at Rick Barry House. It's where we house literally all of your podcasts. Rick, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.